This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm talking with Sophie Bolick, who just wrapped up a summer internship with the Cap Times. Her cover story this week explores the toll the coronavirus pandemic is taking on college students' mental health and what Wisconsin colleges are doing about it. Welcome to the podcast, Sophie. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So here in Madison, UW students start classes this week, with some classes being online and others in person. A lot of folks are watching students' physical health, and the university has mandated testing for students living in dorms and has been posting the number of coronavirus tests and virus cases they detect online. But your story is looking at a different health challenge, the mental health effects of attending college during a pandemic. What made you want to look at that side of things? Well, mental health is something that I've always been really interested in. And as a student in college right now, I have seen a lot of the effects of college as well as a pandemic on my peers' mental health up close. And I think there's a lot of talk about the stigma surrounding mental illness. But what I've learned from being a student and from reporting on mental illness is that there's a lot of power in talking candidly about it. So with this story, I wanted students to be able to share as honestly as possible their experience during the pandemic, because the more we talk about it, I think the more we realize that a lot of people are actually experiencing similar things and it becomes less scary. Um, And the reason I chose to look at college students in particular is that one, college students already had a very high rate of mental illness even before the pandemic. And two, I feel like the changes that college students experienced were so extreme, um, having to pack up and travel home and start online classes, not knowing when they'd be able to return, uh, was really jarring for a lot of people. And I wanted to be able to share what that was like. And what do we know about some of the ways the pandemic could be exacerbating ongoing mental health issues or causing new ones for college students? Yeah, so first, I think the biggest thing is that it makes school really hard for a lot of people. When classes unexpectedly went online in March, many students weren't prepared for that rapid change and found it difficult to adjust to working from home or keeping up with online assignments, um, feeling the pressure to always be available because they were at home and never really far from their computer. And also then the uncertainty of the pandemic itself, like the fear of getting sick or maybe spreading the virus to loved ones. Well, that can really exacerbate pre-existing mental illness like obsessive compulsive disorder or anxiety in particular. Uh, one of my sources, Shauna Hunter, struggles with OCD, and she talked about how at first, before the mask mandate, she was finding it really difficult to greet even her friends face-to-face or leave the house to go to the grocery store. And then another thing that I wanted to talk about but wasn't able to get to in the story was eating disorders, um, which have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness, actually. And eating disorders are largely based in desiring a sense of control. So obviously, during the pandemic, when there's so much uncertainty and loss of control, that can make it really difficult for a lot of people, um, especially having to stay home and not being able to get out and move as much. So that was something I 
that is really important, but I wasn't able to get to. Yeah. And you note in your story that some students are balancing their roles as students with other responsibilities too, like parenting. What kind of extra stress are those students dealing with? Yeah, well, being a student and being a parent during the pandemic separately are both extremely difficult roles, but together it can definitely be overwhelming at times. So balancing a full schedule of your own classes while trying to help your kids with online school if they're school old or providing something, activities for them to do if they're not, um, cooking meals, staying on top of everything. It's just a lot to handle even during normal times. Um, and that just makes it so much harder to be doing during the pandemic. Absolutely. We've been hearing about how parents are struggling, period, but I can only imagine for parents who are also in school. And as you've mentioned, back in spring, students were facing stress that came with sudden changes as school was quickly shifted online and students maybe moved home on short notice. Is fall semester looking to be any more predictable? Well, I think there's still a lot of change and a lot of uncertainty heading into the fall semester. It's just so far a little different. Students are having to adjust to wearing masks to class, um, maybe studying in different spots. The social climate has changed. Um, There's a lot of changes to get used to. In addition to that, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I'd even say like trepidation about what the semester will bring. Nobody knows if there will be an outbreak that sends everyone home again. I feel like everyone's kind of just taking it week by week um, and seeing what happens. And to add to that, people are missing their outlets, um, clubs, sports, hanging out with friends, things that usually take your mind off of the situation. Well, many of those activities aren't really possible right now, which is also difficult. And one of the people you interviewed was a loneliness expert. What did she tell you? Yeah, I talked with Karen Smith, who is a postdoctoral fellow in the Child Emotion Lab at UW-Madison. She talked about the effects of chronic stress and loneliness. And one thing she told me is that loneliness is found to be an even stronger predictor of mortality than smoking or obesity, which I found really shocking um, because I never really thought about the physiological effects of loneliness. Um, I was focused more on the mental part of it. Another interesting thing she brought up, though, is that some researchers have found that loneliness peaked actually near the beginning of the pandemic and has improved since then. And in some cases, it's even better than before the pandemic. Um, Of course, this isn't true for everyone, but it seems like the lack of face-to-face connection actually prompted a lot of people to put more effort into their relationships with having Zoom calls, chatting on the phone, or sending care packages, and that makes a lot of difference for people. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And how was the UW doing at meeting students' counseling needs before the pandemic? So a lot of the students I talked to said that they had previously sought counseling with University Health Services at UW-Madison and enjoyed it or had a good experience. But they started having trouble getting appointments in fall 2019. Before that, many said they could walk in and schedule a session for the next day, but all of a sudden in the fall, even before the pandemic, UHS seemed to get overwhelmed with appointments, and some students were put on like two to four week wait lists for their initial appointment, and others said they were just turned away outright. Well, the students who got counseling had really positive experiences, but the problem was being able to get an appointment in the first place. And so now with the pandemic, I 
imagine that's put whole new strains on the system. Can colleges just shift their counseling services online like they move other things online? Yeah, they definitely can. The problem is that there are a lot of hurdles um, that counseling centers have to overcome in order to be able to practice online. Um, It's not as easy as just making an account and reaching out to students. Counselors need additional training to practice virtually, and there are strict guidelines concerning confidentiality on both the end of the counselor and on the student. And there's also the fact that therapists licensed in Wisconsin cannot practice across state lines, which means that out-of-state students who had to go home lost access. Got it. So back in spring, for example, some people might have been wanting counseling support from their university, but because they were out of state, they now had to rely on somebody else instead. Right. And students, now that they're back on campus, can access that therapy again, but people don't know if they're going to have to go home halfway through the semester or not. So it's, again, that uncertainty. And what else did your sources tell you they think colleges should be doing to help? Um, What I was hearing from students is that they want more mental health resources, um, but they also acknowledge that it's really difficult right now and know that the colleges are doing the best they can, um, especially with wait times for appointments and going to the counseling center, things like that. Um, Students were really happy with the Silver Cloud app, which is a service that all UW schools are offering. It's kind of like an online access to therapy um, that can be used in conjunction with regular therapy appointments for the professional or on its own for less severe mental health problems. And they were also pleased that schools are offering their regular crisis lines for people who are in need of immediate help and processing spaces too, like group therapy kind of things. One of my sources, Shauna Hunter, who goes to Madison College, said she was really happy with how small her school is because she was getting individual check-in emails from her advisors, professors, and even the dean of her school. And that support was really helpful to her. And in the bigger schools, that's obviously difficult, but I feel like a lot of students would appreciate that too. Yeah. And given what colleges are offering right now, what can students do to look out for their own mental health as they head into this semester? So there are a lot of ways that students can care for their mental health this semester. There's the Silver Cloud app, Um, which is a behavioral health tool that can work alongside therapy to help students navigate the difficult time. There are a lot of accounts on social media dedicated to self-care and mental illness management, which can also be really helpful. And then just little things like making and sticking to a schedule, setting reminders to have regular meals and snacks, which can be hard to remember when there's a lot going on. And lastly, I think it's really important that students just give themselves some grace during this time. It's okay to take a break, and it's okay to not be the most productive you've ever been. Um, Because I I think that sometimes we forget or are kind of numb to the fact that this is actually a very difficult, taxing situation to be living day after day. Absolutely. Sophie, it's been wonderful to have you this summer, and best of luck as you head back into this semester yourself, finishing up your master's. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Cap Times intern Sophie Bolick, who spent her summer covering everything from homemade ice cream to face shields for kids. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Mad Splainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts. 
podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.